Hey, who's excited to be in church today? Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Super excited to be with you here this morning to jump into week four of our series, Better Together. Have you guys enjoyed this series? Yes? No? Maybe? Hopefully you have. That's half the room. Okay. Let's end it on a high note. It's been incredible for the last three weeks, so hopefully you have enjoyed that. And I just catch you, uh, caught you off guard just then, and <laughs> you had already settled in. Um, super honored and uh, just excited, like I said, to be able to, to close out this series. Um, if you're watching online, thank you so much for being a part of Journey Church Online, wherever you are. Hey, you are a part of this church, and you belong. As we jump into this week's message, uh, I've entitled it, Fight the drift. Fight the drift because we tend to drift towards isolation in our life. Let's do this. Let's pray and we'll jump in. God, we are just so honored and so thankful, Father, that uh, you give us the opportunity to come together uh, in one place, Father, whether it's in the room or watching online. God, we pray for all of the other churches in our community that are uh, presenting the gospel today. We pray for our churches as the gospel is presented, that it doesn't return void, that lives and hearts are changed, that those that feel alone, those that feel no connection, God, that they would feel connection with you by the end of today's service, God. I pray for clarity, Father, and seeds to be planted into the hearts and minds of those that are joining us right now. Father, it would be your words that changes lives, not man's. In your name we pray. Everyone said amen. Hey, by a show of hands, who has ever felt alone? Ever felt alone? Now, I don't mean like your mom left you at Walmart on a Tuesday. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I know, listen to me, maybe I just hit it home for somebody, but for sure, one of us has been left at like a ballpark, and you're just like, that was me, she doesn't love me, like she left me. I don't mean that, I just mean alone in life, like I'll say, if I'm, I just start with honesty, open up with honesty, uh, I have felt alone many times in my life. And to be honest with you, um, those are some of the most difficult moments is where you feel alone and where you pull yourself into isolation. A lot of us entitle that or label that. I'm just protecting myself. No, you're isolating yourself because you've been hurt or you're going through a season. And so you're isolating yourself. And you may be in this room right now, full of people, wherever you are watching online, you may be in a room full of people, and yet you still feel alone. But you know in your mind, you know in your heart and your soul, you know that you shouldn't feel alone. You know that you should be connected to someone. You know that you shouldn't be by yourself, that you shouldn't be isolating yourself. That's because the fact is, is that we were created by God for connection, but we tend to drift towards isolation. We were created by God for connection, but we tend to drift towards isolation. And if you're here today or watching online, we want you to know that you're a part of this church, that you can find connection here. And I don't just mean that the church, because we know this, the church is not the building. The church is the people that make up the church, and you can belong here. It's you, it's me. I love the way uh, the Apostle Paul puts it in Ephesians, and I gave you the message version today because I just really like the way that it says it. It says this, you are no longer strangers or outsiders, you belong here. And if you are a first-time guest here at Journey Church, I need you to know something. 
that we're not judging you here. Like we're not interested. Like we don't. We don't. I don't care. We don't care what your skin color is. We don't care what your background is. We don't care about the magnitude of your sin. You can belong here in this body of Christ. And I just want to say from the church, welcome home. Church, can we welcome them? Come on, welcome home. Welcome home. Wherever you are, welcome home. You can be a part of this church. You can find connection here because we are better together. We are stronger together. The Apostle Paul goes on to say in Ephesians, he says, you are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone else. God is building a home We're going to skip down, and he says this. He says, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, and now he is using you, fitting you brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that hold all parts together. You and I were created, and we are being used stone by stone to build the church, person by person. We're created for connection. To lean on one another to be strong. But here's the facts. Even though we were created for connection, by God for connection, we tend to drift towards isolation. We see it on social media. Think about it. We see it on social media all the time. That's why when you take a picture of like your hairy legs on the beach, right, and you post it, nobody wants to see your hairy legs. Quit that, okay? That's gross. But you take a picture of it, and you post it, and then you just leave it on Facebook for like 30 minutes. But then you run back, and you're like, look at all of the likes and the comments, and they're flooding in. It's because you're longing for connection. You're longing for someone to love you, for someone to say, you're doing a great job. You're longing. We long for connection. We also see, it, uh, we also see the problem with social media is that the enemy will turn that and use it against us. Because it can be a good thing, but a lot of times he'll turn it. And you'll begin to see everyone's highlight reel. You'll begin to see everyone's family and the vacations and the cars and the money. You're getting their highlight reel. You're seeing the best of the best. And you begin to ask questions, why don't I have that? Why don't I have that family? Why don't I have that special someone? Why don't I have that home, that money, that vacation, that job? Why don't I have that kids? Have you seen my kids? They're nuts. Why don't I have that? And jealousy and envy creeps in and we feel left out. We see it in our marriages all of the time. One spouse begins to drift, maybe both. They begin to drift apart towards isolation. And they begin to drift towards someone else. They begin to drift towards things that they shouldn't be looking at on the internet. And if you're in this room, if you're married, if you're engaged, if you're deciding, hey, I'm going to get married one day, I need you to know this. Because we believe this with our whole heart. If you are not intentional about walking towards each other and connecting with each other and being disciplined in your marriage to love and connect daily, you are going to drift towards isolation. And your marriage is going to crumble. You have to work towards connection. God created us for connection. And when he puts you together, we're to connect with one another. We're to love one another. We're to open up and connect with one another. Because if we don't, you will drift towards isolation. You will drift towards someone else 
that is listening. But as a follower of Jesus, if you're in this room today or watching online and you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, I need you to know that there's a disciplined side of your walk with Christ. We are to fight the drift. And it's tough and it's difficult and there's going to be battles and it's going to be hard. But you are created to fight against the drift. And it is a battle worth fighting. It is a battle worth winning. We're going to fight the drift. So the question is, how do we fight the drift? How do we win that fight? And so I want to give you three thoughts today. Um, and here's something really, something we tell our students is that, hey, we can preach the gospel and we can put it out there on the table for you. But if you don't take it home and apply it, it doesn't do anything. And so if you leave this place today, I'm challenging you to apply what we're hearing because it's not man's words that are life changing. It's, it's God's words that is life changing and can do things in your heart and can drastically change your life. So how are we going to fight the drift? The first thing is this, is that we're going to remember the faithfulness of God. We're going to remember the faithfulness of God because everyone needs God. And let me just say this to you, that God, your connection with God is the absolute most important because when you came into a relationship with Jesus all those years ago or last week, you then had a direct connection to the Father. And he is going to walk with you through every season and every battle and every difficult situation, every single storm. And you will never be alone again, ever. You'll never be alone again. God is with us through those moments, those difficult seasons. He is faithful. And you're going to look back and you're going to see his faithfulness. I love the story of Joshua. Uh, And how he was that one who finally led the Israelites into the promised land. That God promised the Israelites. Now to kind of back up and to get you to where we're going to talk about for a few moments. We see Moses in the book of Exodus. And he's the one that brought the Israelites out of 400 years in slavery. So he brought them out of slavery. And he's taking them to the promised land. the, The land that flows with milk and honey is what the Bible says. And so on the way, they begin to get hard-headed. They begin to think better. They, hey, we, we, we would have been better there. We at least we'd have had food. Like, we're in the desert. This is awful. And they begin hard-headed and selfish. And so God punishes them. And they wander the desert for 40 years. They wander the desert for 40 years. And once that generation had died out... A new leader, Joshua, now has this new generation of Israelites that he is leading through the desert. And now they're on the crest of God's promises. And the only thing that separates them is the Jordan River. And God separates the Jordan River. And the Israelites and Joshua walk on dry ground into God's promises. And God says to Joshua, I want you to take 12 stones and I want you to place them at the river and this will be a memorial for everyone to see my faithfulness. This is where we'll pick this up in Joshua chapter 4. It says, then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up 
until we had all crossed over. God is faithful. And listen to me, I know that you're going to walk through some seasons, so when you begin to walk through some tiring seasons or you begin to start to isolate yourself, we're going to remember what God has done in our life, what he has done throughout history. Because the same God that walked with the Israelites thousands of years ago is the same God that is walking with you today. And when you needed provision, he delivered. And when you were trapped He gave you a way out. And when you were dead in your sins, he forgave you. God is faithful. He is always faithful. Now, I know that there are people that are watching, that are in the room, and you're saying, hey, if you put a, a, a map of my life on a wall, I'm not sure that I feel the way you feel. Because if I look at my past, I don't see those things. And, and if, I, if I look even now... I don't see his faithfulness. I don't know that I see his faithfulness. I'm having a difficult time remembering his faithfulness. It's very difficult. Tony, because what, at 10 years old, my dad left and never came back. And I still don't know why. Like that, how is that faithful? My mother died of cancer. My wife died of cancer. I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand, like... How is that faithful? I've done some really bad things and made some terrible mistakes. How is God faithful? Because they keep coming up and the enemy continues to throw it in my face. Tony, five years ago, my wife and I, we had a miscarriage. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't. Where's the faithfulness? Where's the story from this? And so when we're fighting the drift, because when the enemy throws the, that stuff in your face... You begin to drift towards isolation. It's easy to do, and he'll catch you off guard, and he's really good at it. And when you begin to drift towards isolation, when you're having a difficult time fighting the drift, when you're having a difficult time remembering the faithfulness of God, here's what we're going to do next. We're going to do this. We're going to rely on God's people. We're going to rely on God's people. Listen, I don't know if you would agree or not, but we need people in our life that we can just word vomit on. We, just, we need people that we can vent to. We need people in our life that we can talk to, that we can share our, our, our doubts and fears with, knowing they're not going to take it to Facebook or the next door neighbor. We need those people in our life. But let me just say this to you. We need the right people, not just any people. We need the right people. And some of us, have the wrong people in our life because they've been your best friend for 30 years and they know me best. But they're probably not good for you if they're not encouraging you, if they're not pushing you, if they're not trying to help you see the faithfulness of God. You may need to consider backing away from that relationship until something in their heart changes. Because here's the facts. Wrong people, wrong results. Wrong people will get you the wrong results all of the time. So 100% guarantee wrong people will give you the wrong results. But listen, right people, not just the right results, but the right direction. You'll get the right direction. You'll get the right results. You'll get encouragement. You'll get love. You'll get care. And you'll even get those people that are honest with you and say, hey, stop being a knucklehead. And we need those people in our life. You will get the right people We need the right people in our life. And here's the deal, is that I truly believe this, that the difference between where you are and where God wants you to be, 
It all depends on having the right people in your life. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 7 says this. It says, stay away from fools, for you won't find knowledge on their lips. I love what the Passion Version says, so I'm going to read that to you. This is what it says. It says, the words of the wise are like weapons of knowledge. Weapon, it's like a spiritual warfare. Weapons of knowledge. If you need wise counsel, stay away from the fools. There is a dad that just nudged their daughter right now. I told you that boy was a fool. I told you to stay away from him. Stay away from the fools. We need the right people in our life. But how do we find, how do we find the right people? What do I do that? I want to give you three thoughts really quickly. And, and again, I hope that you apply this to your life. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to start serving. We're going to start serving You in the room, you watching online have been given a gift, a spiritual gift, and that gift is to build the kingdom of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's something inside of you right now that you can use to help other people with. And there's plenty of places in our church, in our community to serve others with, and you will find your right people in that serving. When you find yourself in the, in, the, in the serving mode, you're going to find people that you connect with, that you get along with, that love you and want the best for you. But as long as we sit by and do nothing and serve and just continue to be in isolation and hang out with the wrong people, it's never going to change. So we're going to fight drift by serving. We're going to find the right people by serving we're going to do this. We're going to get in a life group. Get in, get in a life group. Get in a life group. We just launched a ton of them just a few weeks ago. We got to find time to be around the right people and stop making excuses about it. We need to get into a life group because you'll find people that you can rely on. When you're going through a storm and when you're going through a battle, you can open up and talk to them. Hey, I'm having a difficult day. Hey, can I just call you? I know it's not life group day, but I, I, listen, man, I feel like we connect and you hear, and I just want to talk to you. And you can pour your heart out. So how are we going to find the right people? We're going to serve. We're going to get into a life group. Here's the last. We're going to get real with someone. Because most of the time, we walk around with a mask on. And we act like that we're getting real with people, but we're not. We're just protecting ourselves, And that may be because you don't have a person in your life that you can get real with. We need the right people in our life that we can vent to and they can hear through our anger and our pain and really get to the core of what's going on. Because here's the fact. 99% of the time, I'm Pastor Tony, I'm Husband Tony, I'm Dad Tony. I got it together. But when I get home with my wife or when I get with my friends and I can take my mask off, I'm able to pour out. Go, man, I, I'm having... Some difficulties. Life is hard. And, and I don't know what to do. I feel alone. So if we're going to find the right people, we need to start serving. I'm challenging you to get into a life group. Because in those areas, you'll be able to find someone you can get real with. You're going to find your tribe. And God is using our experiences. He is building his church stone by stone, brick by brick, and he wants to use you. That's incredible that the creator of the universe has invited, invited us in to be a part of this. 
But we find the right people. We got to look for them. We can't just sit here any longer and be okay with isolation and just live that way because nothing's going to get better. How do we fight the drift? We remember the faithfulness of God. We rely on God's people. Here's the last thought. We release the power of your story. You're going to release the power of your story because everybody needs God. Everybody needs somebody. Hey, church, somebody needs you. Somebody needs your testimony. They need to see your experiences. They need to see the struggles that you have been through. And your story has power to change the direction of someone's life. Your story, and God has invited you to use that story to build his kingdom and to make disciples. You didn't go through that for nothing. You learned and you grew. And now God wants to use that story to change people around us. I don't know if you know this or not, but if you've ever went to the river and grabbed a rock and it was super smooth, it didn't start that way. It didn't begin that way. It was this crusty, earth-like, jagged rock that fell into the river, and as it was pushed downstream, it would bang up against other rocks, and those rocks would chip away at it. And as it fell into the riverbed, the water would rush over it, and over time, like sandpaper, it would create this beautiful rock. Here's what I need you to know. I recognize that you've been beaten up. I know that you've been chipped away at. I know that you've had season where you feel like you've been banged around. But God wants to use those to create something beautiful and impact people around you. And he wants to use your story to do that. In 2018, April of 2018, my wife and my daughter, we only had one child at the time, came to Journey Church, uh, and we came on staff as uh, kind of the production guy. Worked with lights and sound and cameras and some other stuff. And we were here for about 11 months and loved it. At the end of that 11 months, in January of 2019, it came to the surface that my marriage was falling apart, that I was not healthy that I was preaching something, that I was not walking out, that I was teaching something, that I was not living. My marriage was falling apart. And pastor and the elders, Pastor Mike, our lead pastor, and the elders called me in and said, hey, listen, this is not the right season for you to be in ministry. You need help and counseling, and we're going to walk with you, and we love you, but you can't work here while you are like this, while your heart is like this. And on Saturday night, In January, on a cold night, I walked out the front door of this church with my wife in hand, and I was in tears, and I was crying, and I was bawling. I felt alone. I felt broken, miserable. The enemy is already speaking into my heart. You're never going to do ministry again. It is over for you. Too many people know who you are now. And let me just also say this, that our church leadership didn't just throw me out. Because Pastor Mike Mazingo ran out of the front doors and wrapped his arms around me and said, I love you. Don't leave this church. This can be your church. You can heal here. 
And the elders in this church paid for counseling. They mentored. They walked with me for nearly a year. So fast forward a few weeks and I'm sitting at home and I'm miserable. I have no job, no money coming in. My wife is working. I'm taking my kid to school. And then I just come home. And I'm miserable, and this woman calls me that we know her name was Lisa Melvin, and she was a lawyer here in the city, and she was such a great friend of mine for so many years, and she knew my wife nearly her entire life, and and since then, she's gone on to be in heaven with Jesus, but she called me on the phone. She says, hey, Tony, listen, I need some help at my office. I need someone to answer the phones, and I'm thinking, answer the phones? Like, I just had this title of pastor, and now you want me to answer phones? By the way, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just what the enemy's doing in me some pride and arrogance problems. And I said, yeah, I need the money. I'll come do that. She says, great. I'll see you at 8 a.m. on Monday morning. Hey, but Tony, I need you to bring your Bible. Okay. Okay. So I show up 8 a.m., Bible in hand, open the door, and she's there, wraps her arms around me, kiss me on the cheek. Hey, I, man, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited that you're here today. And I'm thinking, I'm not. She says, Tony, this is your desk with the phone, and here's all I want you to do. When the phone rings, I want you to direct that call to whoever is in the building and whoever it's for. Can you do that? I said, yes, ma'am, I can do that. She said, but listen, as long as you work here, I want you to sit at that desk, and I want you to read your Bible. And I want you to worship, and I want you to pray, and I want you to fall in love with Jesus. Because you know what it's like. You've just forgotten And I'm going to give you $700 a week to do that. I said, you just want me to sit here and read my Bible and you're going to give me like three grand a month? Yep. Okay. The end of that day, she comes and she sits in front of my desk. She goes, how was your day? And I'm like, it was okay. (laughs) Like, it's not the greatest. She goes, well, it's the end of the day. But before we go home, can I pray for you? I just want to pray for you. And I said, yes, ma'am, absolutely. Lisa, absolutely, you can pray for me. I love you. She begins to pray for me, but even in that moment, she begins to share with me the power of her story, of how, and her, how her and her husband of nearly 50 years was falling apart at one point. She began to speak life into me, and she said, your marriage is going to make it. God is still going to use you. You're not dead, so you have purpose, and if there's breath in your lungs, he wants to use you to do great things. God is for you. He's not against you, and you didn't go through this for nothing. You're going to help change other people's lives, Tony. I promise you, stay faithful because God is faithful. Stay focused. And for four months, I sat at that desk day in, And day out, and I fell in love with Jesus. And at the end of every single day, she would come and she would say the same thing over and over. That God is faithful, and I know you can't see it, but he is. Fast forward to today. In 2019, I left here broken and hurting. My marriage falling apart, and we had one child. Fast forward to today. Because of his faithfulness. Through every storm and every trial and every difficult season that I have ever been through, he has always been faithful. He gave me my job back. He gave me my family back. But he always goes above and beyond because look, 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 look. He's added to my family. So now I come home and I love them and they love me and I come into a happy house. God is always faithful. He is always faithful. And now... My life is a memorial to God's faithfulness. And I get to walk around and I get to tell people that God is real and he loves you 
And I know that it's hard, but he does. And he's faithful. God is always faithful. I don't care what you say. I've seen it and I experienced it and you can too. Because God is using us brick by brick, stone by stone, experience by experience, person by person. He is building his church. And he has invited us in to remember his faithfulness, to rely on God and share our story. And he is challenging us to fight the drift and live for connection. Because even though we were created by God and even though we tend to drift towards isolation, God is faithful. And you're never too far away. You've never messed up. You're never too young. You're never too old to have a connection with him right now. And I just feel this in my heart. Dads, fathers, if you're in the room, you need a connection with God if you want your house to be in order. You have to love him more than anything you've ever loved in your life. And he will be faithful in your house and in your family and in your marriage. God is always faithful. And we are better together. We are stronger together. But first, we got to be connected to the Father. We got to be connected to the Father. I look at the life of Jesus. Every time he would tell the, 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 the disciples would fall asleep, he would go and be alone with the Father to be poured into. So maybe it's time to go and isolate yourself, but not away from everyone just because, but have a purpose and go, I need to be alone with the Father. Because you need that connection. Jesus is real. And he spread his arms on a cross and he died and he bled out. And he was buried for three days and he was resurrected for glory. And he wants to connect with you today. And if you've never connected with him, we want to help you with that. Because after that, some incredible next steps. With your head bowed and eyes closed as we get out of here and we close the day and we celebrate all that God has done. The first connection you need to make today is with God. And that relationship begins with his son, Jesus. If you're in this room, you say, hey, man, I, I've never had a relationship with Jesus. I've never had a relationship with Jesus, but I want that right now. I want that right now. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to be brave and have some courage. And it's just going to be me and you, okay? No one's looking around. If it's you and you say, hey, I, wanna, I, I want Jesus. I want him. I want new life because of him. If that's you, can you do me a favor on the count of three? I need you to raise your hand and get it up as high as you can get it. You ready? One, two, three. As high as you can get it. Come on. If you're raising your hand right now, I see you. Can you look at me if you raised your hand? It's just me and you, and I already saw you. Just look at me. This is the greatest decision you've ever made in your entire life. And we're going to pray together, and I just want you to repeat after me, okay? Dear Jesus... I recognize that I'm a sinner. But Father, I want a relationship with you right now. 
I declare you Lord of my life, Lord of my family, Lord of my future. I recognize, Jesus, that you died on a cross, that you were buried, and that you rose three days later, and that you are the Son of God. And I declare that in my life, and I declare it in my heart that now I have new life because of you. As we go into a moment of worship, of celebrating what God has done in this place, Father, I am so grateful for the hearts and the minds represented, the families represented. I'm so grateful for the several in the first service that raised their hand. And I'm so grateful for the two in this place today that raised their hand to accept a relationship with you. And now, God, it is our job to help them connect, help them with their next steps. Father, we are so grateful. As our worship team comes forward, Father, we're believing today that as we leave this place, when we leave it, God, we're going to apply these things. We're going to feel change in our heart. In your name we pray. Amen. Can we stand and worship? Come on, Journey.